Well, it's a day when too many central banks is barely enough. We've had the aftermath from the Fed yesterday, the Bank of England's putting rates up, the Bank of Japan causing ructions by doing nothing at all and promising to keep at it. Several banks followed the 50 to 75 basis point mantra, apart from the Bank of Japan, which is actually putting rates down, even though their inflation is through the roof. So who is right and who is wrong? Well, I think we can guess on the last one. Plus, lots of PMIs today. It's Friday, the 23rd of September, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, more bond movements today, one day on from the Fed. And of course, we've had a lot of other central banks as well. Since then, 10-year treasuries are up 17 basis points, 3.7%, the highest in 11 years. But less going on at the front end. Two-year yields still up eight basis points, though, a little over 4.1%. UK 10-year gilts up 18 basis points, not far off 3.5% now, and up 98 basis points over the last month. Two years, we're up less, up just over 13 basis points, and around the same, about 3.5%. Compare all of that to Japanese 10-year yields down two basis points at 0.22%. Japan's uh, two years still negative and falling today. Uh, The US dollar continues to move up. It's over 111.2 now on the DXY index. That's a 0.6% rise this morning. Most other currency moves fairly small, although a 1.2% rise in the Japanese yen against the US dollar. Uh, But it was down quite a bit earlier. More on that in in just a moment. Not much going on with the euro. The pound down 0.1%. The Aussie up 0.2% at 66%. 0.4 US cents. The Kiwi dollar down 0.1%. Shares, I told you, not much movement in currencies, but shares are down again in the United States. We've got a 1.4% fall in the Nasdaq. The S&P down 0.8%. The Dow down 0.4%. It did see green for a short while in the last hour or so, but then it just lost it all. Much bigger falls in Europe, though. The DAX down 1.8%. The CAC current down 1.9%. The FTSE 100 has lost 1.1%. And oil up today, 0.7% up for WTI, 0.6% for Brent, just just over $90 a barrel. So there we are. Uh, lots of moves. And a busy day for central banks. Let's go over some of them with Ken Crompton at NAB in Sydney. Let's start with the uh, the follow-through from the Fed yesterday, first of all, Ken. So uh, interestingly, no retracing of the uh, rising yields that we saw yesterday. They, they have just carried on carrying on over the last 24 hours, haven't they? Yeah, it's just sort of been the rule of thumb of late that post, post a Fed meeting, you do get a, a big you know, reversal of the immediate knee-jerk reaction. But um, I mm. think Mr. Mr. Powell obviously put a lot of work into how hawkish he wanted to sound at his press conference uh, yesterday morning. And that is sort of, I guess, you know, if, if you assume that their goal is to keep uh, Fed rate expectations high and and keep monetary conditions tight, then certainly he's been successful at that. Um, you had this sort of push yeah. through to 3.7% overnight. Um, we can finally stop saying that yields are nearing their June 2022 highs. We're now at uh, sort of early 2011 highs, I think, for the for the 10-year yields. Mm. So big, um, big turnaround, big, big extension, and I think probably the, the interesting bit too is that it's been a flip back to, uh, you know, to, to curve steepening. So, um, you know, to, to what extent there's some sort of maybe some technical factors there related to, you know, sort of um, people sort of selling, you know, s- selling treasuries before the, the Japanese Ministry of Finance does. We can we can talk about that as a, a bit later, but um, but yeah, big, big moves up in yields and then steepening in curves. Yeah, and I guess it's all a question about how long is it going to take. So, I mean, Jerome Powell, you know, until we start to see those rates coming down, Jerome Powell highlighted yesterday the importance of the job markets, uh, you know, that the economy has, has started to soften a little bit, but he's still concerned about the tightness of the labour market. And we had the, uh, you know, last night, the US jobless claims. Uh, you know, I know these are figures only for one week, but this has been a pattern with these now. Initial claims for the last week, 
less than expected, 213,000 up ever so slightly on the week before, but the four-week average is down. So that means less claims, more people in work. The labour market is as tight as ever, it seems, irrespective of, you know, how high they're pushing the rates in the US. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a, a lot of work does go into into tearing apart these jobless claims numbers, but that simple, you know, four-week moving average, you know, being low, we sort of clearly have been able to set aside all those, um, that sort of fear of a spike back a few months ago. Maybe clearly that was sort of seasonal issues and, and auto retail all of that sort of stuff. So, I mean, the, the, the big number is obviously, you know, non-farm payrolls and earnings that come out of that print, but mm. the trend in, um, you know, jobless claims is not, is, you know, is not concerning, you know, at all in terms of is the, you know, is, is the Fed causing the economy to roll over yet? Um, there, there's certainly some latent strength there and that, that yeah. number is going to be, continue to be pretty closely watched. Which means it could take time. And, you know, and, and I think that's reflected as well, isn't it, in the share market? So, that, you know, that, I mean, this is presumably, I mean, the fact that we've seen shares down for a while now, this is, you know, the, the recession expectation. So if you look at uh, the sector, so disc- consumer discretionary much lower, airlines well down. Uh, but I guess, you know, if, if they do go into recession, that could be a good thing. You know, if a recession comes uh, and comes quickly, uh, does that mean that the correction can happen sooner? So would that mean that 10-year Treasury yields are perhaps a bit higher than they, they, they need to be? I mean, it's all speculation, isn't it? I mean, there's so many moving parts right now. Yeah, I mean, the Fed's got some quite – I mean, part of the change yesterday, of course, was the, was the change in the dot plots. And you know, they're, they're effectively sort of saying they're going to be doing another 125 basis points, I think, of hikes before – Year end, um, you know, ten-year yields are still arguably discounting the you know, the, the peak to which you know, which yields are going to get to, and I mean, I think mm. the point about it, you know, those dot plots take- do change. By the way, I know you've been doing this game for longer than I have, but those dot plots do change. <laughs> They're not set in concrete. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And and the Fed's obviously keen not to is always keen to say they're not they're not a forecast. You know, they're sort of simply a survey of, of projections. Um, but I think mm. you know, the the point about being able to you know, sort of be be more aggressive, tighten earlier, and you know, maybe find a path towards a softer landing. I must admit, um, you know, Chair Powell did step back from that a little bit yesterday, uh, yeah. but. But um, you know, even if we're talking about you know unemployment rates peaking around sort of you know four and a half five percent, I mean, not that a recession and, and job losses are, are good for anyone that, that that does happen to to experience that, but you'd still be talking about relatively low unemployment rates by by even sort of the by, by levels of the past thirty years. So you know, the, mm. the, the recessions being being sort of talked about at this point in the US and Australia and New Zealand at least are not necessarily that dire. Um, you know, maybe the, yeah. the European and UK could, experience is, is going to be diff- a little bit different. But um, well, yeah, it could, it could well be. And in fact, the UK, you know, I mean, there's talk that they are already in a recession. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? In a recession, but uh, the central bank's still lifting rates. And they did. They lifted by 50 basis points, quite moderate, given, you know, what we're seeing around the world. Uh, but even so, yields still pushing quite a bit higher in the UK after that. Yeah, certainly yeah, a lot of verbal pressure there. For, well, there was no press conference, obviously, but a lot, lot of implied pressure in the in the statement that, that rates are going to keep going higher. I mean, there, there was some signs mm. of, of of softening there. I mean, um, I think in back 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 in August there was a statement there that the committee was particularly alert to inflationary pressures. You know that that's gone, but obviously, you know, they're still on the outlook for more. So clearly, there there is more coming. I mean, it, it's interesting that they have. Uh, continued to press ahead with uh, their quantitative um, tightening, tightening yeah. plan. So they're going, they're going, they're going, they're you know, pr- pressing forward with the 
with, with well, tell me about that. Does that make a lot of sense? Uh, I mean, the government is preparing to issue what is possibly a lot more bonds, and uh, and they are not just tightening just uh, you know as as bonds expire. They are actively selling bonds as well. So that's that's going to push a lot of extra bonds into the market, isn't it? And, and uh, you know, what's that going to do to to yields on gilt? Well, I mean, to the extent that supply um, you know, Im- impacts yields, then obviously you know it is it, it should imply high yields. But I mean, you know the BOE has said that although they're sticking with sort of long long held plans to to sell bonds, if there is signs of market disruption, then then their selling is going to be suspended. I mean, whether they would then turn back into to reinvesting, I guess, is a, is a separate question. But um, I mean, we don't sort of have the full the full details of, of how much the um, you know, how much the treasury you know, in, in, intends to issue what what the change is going to be and and adding on to that the um, you know the, the BOE sales we just don't really have total numbers yet so it's it's all a little bit unclear right but the intention is if they do more contradictive tightening they might not have to lift rates quite as much is that the thinking is that the rationale yes yeah quantitative tightening yeah, should um, sh- should do a little bit of the work that um, the, the rate cuts are done I mean you've got an interesting now, contrast here with Australia, obviously we're not going down the road of aggressive fiscal stimulus at the moment, um, but the the RBA here has specifically said several times they have no interest in doing active quantitative tightening and would rather do the work through the cash rate. So um, I guess like a lot of mm. central bank developments over the past decade or so, there's different philosophies at play and I guess um, it'll be a, be a good master's thesis for, for someone in a few years' time to see, a, <laughs> to see what the differences, <laughs> we, we, we what differences could, 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 could have made. You don't have to look, I mean, exactly. You can look at, look at where we are in different parts of the world right now, the different approaches being taken and uh, we'll see who, uh, who wins at the end of the day, which one, who comes out stronger. But I mean, the, the, the Bank of England uh, certainly putting uh, some credence on this energy price guarantee that the new prime minister has put into place—I mean, that was minuted, wasn't it? That uh, uh, that that is uh, that has been factored in, and uh, then there's an assessment of the impact of demand and inflation on all the other announcements. Uh, some of which are coming uh, later on today from Kwasi Kwarteng, the uh, uh, the new chancellor there. Uh, so um, yeah, maybe the you know the UK won't reach the heights that the markets are expecting if, if government support to try and keep energy prices down does stop uh, inflation because there is a, a, an expectation that they are going to go pretty high in the UK and that, that seems, I mean, possibly crazily high given, you know, that they are already in a recession and it could be quite a deep one it seems yeah i mean i think you've got a um cash rate peak of roughly five percent priced in for the you know for the boe so I'm a bit, bit less than that actually but so roughly in line with what you're seeing for the fed and um and in mm. the rbnz for that matter which is probably an interesting um interesting contrast given given the nature of inflation across those two economies i mean what the energy price cap does to, to some extent is you know it buys the boe uh, potentially a little bit of breathing room on on inflation uh, but obviously at the expense of what we've been talking about this a sort of increased um, bond issuance so overall it should, should be a, a pretty significant sort of curve steepening effect over time for the uk um, if um, you know, if supply does push up um, does, does push up those longer run yields, but the BOE doesn't have to do as much in the near term. So Now, the Bank of Japan, meanwhile, have done nothing. In fact, Governor Kuroda sounded decidedly dovish, didn't he, at the press conference after after the uh, the announcement, implying that, you know, they might not do anything for two or three years yet. Uh, so, so we've seen quite a reaction on that. In fact, uh, the Minister of Finance had to step in on the uh, on the end, which was losing quite a lot of ground. Actually got to, what, one one forty five point eight nine. Uh, for the US dollar, yeah. So you know, the the Ministry of Finance come out and saying they've they've intervened in the yen. I think that's the first time since 1998 they've they've actively intervened. 
there. <clears throat> and I think the, the great contrast there mm. is it is you know, directly in opposition to, you know, to, to bodge policy. And with the bodge, I mean, arguably you know, sort of digging in um, on, on their current position yesterday, I think they said, you know, they, they wouldn't hesitate to ease further if necessary. Then, you know, the... Yeah. The old, um, the, the old adage about pushing on a string um, in terms of the MOF trying to, to make a move, trying to make a meaningful change in, you know, in, in the end valuations is, is certainly true. Um, I mean, if, they, if, if they're serious about sort of trying to keep a sustained change there, then there's going to be a lot of intervention required you know, over, um, over coming months, you'd expect. I mean, you know, we did see... We, Ticket Japan inflation figures early in the week, which had raised uh, some expectations that the bodge might at least make some sort of nod to that, and and they did a little bit in the statement. But in terms of, of actions, you know, everything's been reinforced. You know, the, the ten year yield target unchanged, um, and their cash rate unchanged. I mean, the bodge though is you know, despite having been having had essentially the same policy settings for you know for for, for quite a long time now, is you know, he's not um, he's not averse to pivoting quickly. Um, you know, when they introduced this really aggressive quantitative easing policy back in 2013, that was quite a quite a shock to the market with the scope of that of that move. Um, moving to negative rates, whether it was a good or, good or a bad idea, is a different debate. But certainly, the the move to negative rates was, was quite sudden and, and, and unexpected as well. So they they can pivot quickly, right. but um, but they're not they haven't done it yet. Yeah, in one direction. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they seem to have more <laughs> exactly. difficulty going this way, yeah. don't they? As you say, though, you know, it's going to be an interesting case study, all of this monetary policy versus fiscal yeah. policy around the world. Look, everywhere else, uh, look, there has been so many central banks. So uh, the Swiss National Bank up 75 basis points to 0.5%. So they're, uh, they're above zero for the first time in goodness knows how long. Norge Bank in Norway up 50 basis points to 2.25%. South Africa up 75 basis points to 6.25%. Remember the olden days when 25 basis points seemed like a big move? Uh, the outlier, uh, we don't need to talk about this, just for for the record, Bank of Turkey cut rates from <laughs> from 13% to 12%, despite rampant inflation. All of this because Erdogan actually believes too high interest rates adds to inflation. So we can add that to uh, the back page of uh, the thesis that you're writing. But look, uh, let's look ahead. Let's look forward. Enough central banks now. Let's look forward. Uh, PMI day. Germany, Europe, the UK, the US... So what's good news here? A fall in PMIs? I mean, this this strange thing that we're in at the moment where a weaker economy is maybe a good thing. Does that mean all numbers below 50 would be good news, strangely, today? That's a, that, that's a difficult question to sort of, sort of answer, I suppose. Um, I mean, you know, the, mm. there are... The the broad sorry looking across the forecast yeah certainly the the broad expectation is, is for falls nearly everywhere particularly across Europe and the UK I mean in the US I think no. forecasts the consensus forecast is for the um, for the services PMI and, and the composite measure to to increase but um, yeah I think probably some of the, the the more interesting focus in that sense will be in some of the details so sort of seeing you know to to, to what extent are, are new orders falling um looking at uh, sort of price price indications those sorts of measures to get a bit of a a, a bit of a deeper feel for for how 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 price pressures are evolving and whether new orders are actually you know starting to um you know starting to come off which you could which is probably mm. going to be one of the earliest indicators of of how central banks are 
are managing to actually you know, reduce aggregate demand. So that's going to be the more interesting to watch, maybe necessarily, and that could be where you know, arguably you'd find good news than than you might find in in some of the headline numbers, which are, which probably are all going to be below. 50. So fixing supply chain questions. I mean, that's that's the that's the good news we can take out of it, isn't it? If we see supply chains being fixed, uh, look, the quasi Quatang, the uh, the UK Chancellor is going to give his mini budget later on in the UK as well. We've got uh, you know tax cuts there to try and drive growth, which is going to be at odds with the Bank of England. We've talked about that several times on the podcast. So that's another interesting one for your thesis. Uh, Jerome Powell, early tomorrow, Aussie time, uh, giving the opening talk at a Fed Listens event, uh, which is called Transitioning to the Post-Pandemic Economy. That sounds a bit out of date. That sounds like they wrote that down months ago. I mean, we should be uh, now, we're transitioning to a war-based economy, aren't we, at the moment, or, uh, you know, a, a fuel hike-based economy. But anyway, uh, that, that'll do for today. Uh, good to have you on. Now, tomorrow, important question, uh, are you a swans man or a cats man? What are you, where are you with the AFL? Well, look, I'm from North Queensland, and really it's only Victorian oh, refugees that, that pay AFL up there. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Sydney <laughs> just to um, just to sort of as, as a bit of a deterrent to more Victorians, Victorians invading far North Queensland. Now, yeah. now you can't do that because we've you know we've got to be balanced. And Ray's already said he's a Swans. Look, I'm going for the Cats. I'll just say that just to keep the peace. And uh, Robbie Williams, you've got a pom doing the pre-match entertainment tomorrow. That's not very Australian, is he? But he's got a new album out. That might be something to do with it. Anyway, enjoy it tomorrow. <laughs> Good to talk. We'll catch you again soon, Ken. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Phil. It's been a heck of a week, hasn't it? A good weekend of sport, though, to uh, take our mind off it. And I'll be back again on Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. Have a great weekend. <laughs>